Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Busy week for Haim Bloom, kind enough to join us before the finale with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, it's that time of year, Haim, and uh, we'll talk about yesterday with Kike and all that. But uh, just overall, do you get the sense, you know, we've had a couple deals now. You obviously involved in the one yesterday. Are things accelerating now, or is it still very much the case that deadlines make deals? Well, it's definitely going to be quickest right before the deadline. There's always a late flurry, but they're definitely accelerating. Um, when you talk about the industry and the 30 clubs, everybody's focus is on trades right now. So it's constant conversation, both internal, external. Uh, we're very much in it, and it's just going to escalate from here. Beat the Braves last night, and one of the things I think about your club, you know, the record bears it out, you can hang with all the best teams. Obviously, some of the issues have come against teams with sub-500 records, but does that influence you at all? I mean, because that's what the playoffs are, right? You're playing against the best teams. Does that impact your thinking going into the deadline? You know, you can never put too much on watching any one game because the nature of this game is uh, you can look great one day and, and look horrible the next, and that happens even to really good teams. Um, you know, you see, and you've seen it with, with the Braves, and they may be the best team in, in baseball right now, and you've seen it with uh, both teams that are at the top of our division that, you know, they, they've been on incredible winning streaks, and you also see them, you know, drop games, drop series to teams who are in last place. That's just the nature of the sport, so you can't put too much on it. But, you know, I'll tell you what, when, when we play well, um, it... it, it it's a good feeling because it's happening the right way and it's happening with the right guys stepping up. You always say that you never know what you're going to do until you find out really what gets offered to you. And you, This thing could go a lot of different directions. And I feel like this year in its own different way, that, that is particularly true, where depending on what people may offer you for some of your pieces, it may be too good to pass up and maybe some things may fall in your lap. Do you think that that's true? Is that a proper read of this, I am where you could go in a number of different directions between now and the end of it? Yeah, and a lot of that really has to do, uh, you know, some of it certainly has to do with uh, how we play every game every day of games around the league moves the needle one way or the other for us but it's not going to change how we view the big picture which is uh, you know the importance of building and that this is going in the right direction and we want to do everything we can to you know continue to build on that and so there's a lot of conversations you get involved in but you don't ultimately know where you're going to match up because it always takes at least two teams to make a trade right sometimes more and you don't know who you're going to match up with, so you may you may uh, end up with a set of opportunities that's very different from you know what you envisioned uh, a week earlier. And you have to you know it's, uh, you have to run out every play uh, because you need to put yourself in a position to take advantage of all those good opportunities. Kike Hernandez, you know 
came over, had the great playoff run, the surprising 21 season. You made a bet on him this year. It just didn't play out on the field the way you wanted. But, uh, you know, you talked to uh, yesterday about the, the way he handled it, but also the impact he had on your group. Just uh, a day after reflections on uh, what Kike was uh, and, and your thoughts on his time here. Yeah, well... I don't know what I talk about, but he was. He's still alive and kicking. In fact, I think he's playing right now. I mean, as a Boston but, Red uh, Sox player, he's dancing in the yeah. dugout in L.A. <laughs> um, you know, this guy uh, became really important here in a short amount of time, and uh, it was exactly what, what we needed when he came in in 21. And, uh, you know, just this place is not for everybody. And some players uh, can't stand it. Some, A lot of players are fine with it, and some players really enjoy it and Kike just ate it up everything that Boston is about everything that makes this place unique and special he loved this season you know I I'm as shocked as anybody just based on the player we know he is you know how it's gone for him I'm very confident that he is still going to be a good player going forward Uh, he's too talented not to be Uh, but just where we were uh, you know, you, you have to turn off those emotions, make a baseball decision. We're finally at the point where we had a lot of good options uh, at the positions that he plays. And, uh, you know, we had to make a tough choice. And in this case, we were able to, you know, make a deal. And hopefully we'll put him in a situation where he gets to play a little more, but also brings back to us, uh, you know, something we need and, and, and pitchers uh, who could help us sooner rather than later. And, uh, you know, especially from the right side, that's something we need. And uh, really glad we were able to line up. Without pulling back the curtain too much, which I know you wouldn't do anyway, can you tell us how you go about identifying pieces that you do want back? I mean, what about those pitchers stands out that tells you, you know what, maybe it hasn't happened yet, but they could come here and really help us? Yeah, you know, and in in this case, it's uh, aside from the 10 innings that Nick got in the big leagues this year, when we say it hasn't happened yet, it's just the opportunity hasn't been there yet. And it's on the come. Uh, you know, we we have folks in our department, whether they're s- scouts out in the field or people working in the office at Fenway or everywhere in between, who uh, are working night and day to identify targets for us. Uh, in a lot of cases, you know, especially as you get close to the deadline, you try to line up who are those pieces that you're going to place an emphasis on in all sorts of deals, whether they're huge blockbusters or smaller trades. Once you have an idea of uh, what organizations might be real uh, when you're considering a move with a player... Um, then, then you start digging in uh, on those organizations and really f- trying to find the sweet spot of who might be available on a given deal and what you think of that player. Uh, and there's a ton of work that goes into it, uh, just bringing together all the info that we have, whether it's scouting info, a lot of video review, uh, a lot of the objective data that we have, what's the fit on the team, you know, what does this mean for us now, what could this mean for us going forward if they're players that you know, we can control for a while. That uh, is a process that involves a ton of people, a lot of hard work, and you just try to bring it together as best you can. And now you're in a position to, to negotiate, and then you find out what the other side's willing to do. Um, you know, a lot of times you identify players that they take off the table very quickly. Uh, sometimes you get a sense that, okay, we like this guy, and there's a, there's a chance he might be available in this deal. It's usually not as simple as one quick phone call. There's usually some back and forth, some haggling. You've got to decide how much risk you're willing to take on to get the deal you want, because uh, sometimes these things do go away. Uh, but if you if you read it right and you hang on, you might be able to get a player that uh, might seem like a tough pull, you know, a day or two earlier. So we, we right now, uh, our, our group is doing prep work on 29 clubs, you know, in that aspect. Because if something comes up an hour before the deadline, we got to be prepared. Obviously, spend more time on some clubs than others just based on the likelihood of matching up with them. 
but you want to be prepared so you can make good decisions. The better the information that you have, the better the decisions you should be able to make. A couple tactical questions for you because, I mean, such a huge part of your job right now is what you just said, negotiation. It's sort of like being at the final table of the World Series of Poker where it only happens once a year. Like, do you, after last year's deadline and the year before, do you reflect on your style and the ways that you're going to think about that going into this? And is that something that does evolve in your role, the, the ability to be an effective negotiator? 100%. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody in the league does this to a certain extent. You get to know how other people operate. Uh, they get to know you from that stance. Sometimes... Uh, good to be able to keep them guessing a little bit and not to get too predictable in some of the things that you say or some of the the, the plays that you run. Um, What we also do is with a period like this, after it's over, we sit down and we break it down and we discuss it and we try to think about what we what, what we did really well and some things we might want to do differently. And then as we're getting into it, we also plan ahead and forgetting what we might think about specific players or, or our strategy who we want to acquire. Um, we will look at it and say, okay, what, how do we need to set this up logistically uh, you know, with our methods for this to go the way we want it to go? What could derail us? Uh, how are we sure we're spending our time effectively? And we try to map that out. Uh, before it gets fast. There are always going to be surprises. You cannot map everything out, but we try to do it in a way that allows us to be prepared and, and really just to learn. This is, the cliche is that this is a game of adjustments. That is true for all of us. You never have this game beat, and it's very competitive behind the scenes, and you can be damn sure our 29 uh, rivals are trying to get better all the time, so we have to get better uh, faster than they do. And the best way to do that is to be willing to look in the mirror, be willing to get feedback from the people around you of how could this go different or better. And uh, that's what we try to do. If there's anything that makes you able to and eager to add now and next year and the year after that, it's Bayo and Casas and Durant. And each of them in their own individual ways. I find that over the last couple months, they've exceeded expectations. I mean, I I know you had high hopes for them. Do you feel that way? Because all of them are becoming like these bona fide foundational pieces. Are they ahead of schedule in your mind? You know, you try not to put a schedule uh, on people because I I think you're either, you could be setting yourself up for disappointment or you could be limiting someone by, by, you know, putting a cap on what you think they can do in a certain amount of time. Uh, No question, those guys, the progress they've made has been amazing to watch. We're seeing them grow on a nightly basis. Now, let's not be so naive as to think that we haven't seen the last bump of the road for any of them. I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I'm sure we, we have not. Uh, that is the nature of the game. Uh, but it's not just them, too. We, we see a lot of young players growing and producing on a nightly basis. There's more behind them. Uh, and it's fun to, to feel like we're at a position, not that we have this thing all figured out, not that we're, we're where we want to be, but uh, that it is starting to come together. And that is the biggest thing we're looking to build on. And anything we do... Uh, is you know going to be in an, in an effort to build on that, and you know you find out a lot in this game when you do the right things to really uh, stay true to your north star, stay true to what you're really trying to build. Whether you call them long term or short term things, sometimes you might call something a long term thing, but if it aligns with your plan, you put yourself in a position to get all sorts of positive surprises outside of that, and it might pay off for you sooner than you think. And on the flip side, if you have an idea of what you want to do and then you decide to go off-roading and take a shortcut you know sometimes that bites you mm. and you don't get the benefits you thought you would 
Now, that's generalizing, right? Every, every move is different. There's a time and a place for everything. But I think it's a good, it's a good lesson to remember that, you know, sometimes uh, we, you know, we sometimes tell, tell guys, hit it where it's pitched, <laughs> right? And if you get too aggressive on that pitch away from you, you end up rolling over. Uh, and so you want to make sure you're staying true to the things you know you're important, that are important, staying true to the things you believe in. Um, and it's exactly what we tell these young players. And if we can do that as an organization, we're going to keep growing and growing, and, and we should just get better from here. Two more, then we'll let you get to the nap room ahead of the trade deadline. Um, down to the minor league system, there have been some extraordinary developments down there. I mean, Meyer's the guy, and everybody talks about him, and he is now back on that trajectory that you hoped he'd be on. But Rafael has gotten very hot. He seems to be streaking through the system. The name everybody's talking about is Roman Anthony. Nick York is having a bounce-back season on and on. Um, how do you feel about the last couple of months as the, the farm system that you know is the lifeblood of everything you're trying to do is really humming? A lot of good things happening. Obviously, a lot of places we need to continue to push ourselves, push our players to get better. There's a lot of things we're working on where we are not even close to satisfied by how good they are. Um, you know, on the pitching side, too, we have a lot of our younger pitchers, young prospects in the lower levels that are making strides, and we've been able to promote them. Uh, a lot of really good things happening. Now, this game is so competitive in this regard that um, if you stop moving your operation forward for even just a second, you lose ground. Someone else beats you. So, you know, the fact that, that a lot of our players are performing is great, but it's nowhere near good enough because we need to constantly look at how we're helping them get better, constantly looking at what we're doing for them off the field, in the weight room, in the training room, mentally, uh, you know, how we design practices, all that stuff. We have to push ourselves to be great because the bar is always moving up in this business. This is an area where 30 clubs are competing so hard. And what was good enough five years ago is going to be nowhere close to good enough now. Uh, and what's, what's really good now is going to be behind in, in a year or two or three. So we've got to keep pushing ourselves, and that's something we, we constantly preach. Take moments to celebrate those successes. Really proud of those kids who are having great years and hope they continue. Uh, and we're going to push ourselves to just keep helping players uh, more and more. Lastly, just the logistics of this week. Um, what's your plan? Are you going to be here? Are you going to come out west? And also, uh, your resources and, frankly, your energy are finite. Like, do you map out your sleep schedule and exercise and things like that? Because, I mean, really, it, it, it's about the most draining thing you'll go through in a year. Do you, do you map it out to that level of detail? You know, not to that level of detail, but as you're saying this, I'm thinking maybe I should. <laughs> Maybe I should put that on the schedule. Great, I'm giving you more to do. Y'all do what you want, but I'm going to work out during this hour. (laughs) Bill de Blasio did it. Come on, you can do it. Their trades make good ones, right? Like, I'm I'm going to be on the bike. Uh, No, I. uh, The logistics of it are complicated, right? It's a big operation, Um, and in some ways, it's more complicated by the fact that the team's going to be on the West Coast. Uh, you know, there's always room to adjust. Right now, uh, I'm planning to stay here with our group, you know, just so we can communicate most effectively, make the best decisions. We will have uh, front office with the club, um, you know, just to facilitate anything that should happen. Obviously, if I need to get out there, I will. Like at the end, do you guys have a war room or is it just cell phones connected? We do. Um, you know, I always, I, f- I find it disrespectful to people who are actually in life and death businesses, not the, the one that we're you in. You have we a conference room. <laughs> That we to call it a war room seems very disrespectful to people who actually fight wars. But yes, we do. 
Um, and, you know, we're also connected virtually. We're not locking people in a conference room 24-7 for a week. Uh, I don't think that's healthy. But uh, we will be in there for, you know, some set periods of time. And then, you know, something gets hot and we might decide to stay longer or everybody went home. And then somebody gets a call at 9 p.m. that we got, we're going to have to stay up all night and work on something. That happens at this time of year. And it's part of the business. It's an exciting part of the business. You get your adrenaline flowing. Like this is a chance for a lot of work to come together, and, and hopefully we make it a difference. But we've probably spent as much time planning that out this year as any year I've been in baseball. I think some of that is just our group uh, has worked together a, a little more. Um, I've worked with the group a little more, so you know we're able to get in front of these things a little bit better, be more thoughtful about them. Last year we had one physical setup and ended up morphing into something else, and that happened organically because it turned out that was better for us to do business. So now we know that. So now we can think about it more purposefully at a time. Um, you know, there's there's trade-offs in everything, but mainly you want, it, you want a group of people with a lot of trust and working together really quickly. And, you know, sometimes you're in the last hour and you're trying to pull off three or four different deals, whether large or small. That takes cooperation. It takes yeah. trust. Uh, and that's built every year I've been here. So I, I think we're in good shape with respect to that. Good luck this week. Thanks. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions may apply analysis by ucla speed test intelligence data fixed median download speeds usq3 2023 Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.